Let me share with you another way that we see the grace of God. Key point number three, redemption is made possible through death, burial, and resurrection. Redemption is made possible through death, burial, and resurrection. Let's look at Genesis chapter 8 as we continue to look at Noah and then this great flood. Genesis chapter 8, beginning at verse 15. Then God spoke to Noah, saying, Go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing of all flesh that is with you, birds and cattle and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, so that they may abound on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Every animal, every creeping thing, every bird and whatever creeps on the earth according to their families went out of the ark. So just as the door, there's, theologians use these terms like a, there's a type, it's called typology. There's a type, which is usually the Old Testament, and it's a picture. And then there's the antitype, which you know, sometimes we think of anti as against. Anti here, it, it is, anti, the antitype is the fulfillment of the type. So you have a picture of something in the Old Testament, and then it's fulfilled in the New Testament. For example, the door on the side of the ark is a type of Christ. It is a type of Christ. Christ, of course, is the antitype. He is the fulfillment. He is the ultimate door that we need to come through. So just as the door of the ark is the type of Christ, the flood of Noah, get this, is a type of baptism. Baptism is a picture of the redemption of Christ through his death, burial, and resurrection. Romans 6, 4 says, therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. Baptism is a picture of death, burial, and resurrection. Hear me on this. The flood of Noah was what? It was a type to point us to the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. How so? What did we see, what did we see happen? The death, God looks at his creation, and he says, I'm going to destroy. There is going to be imminent what? Death. Death occurs, but in the midst of that death, there is a vessel. There is a means of protection and salvation. And that, that boat, in the midst of that, and the whole earth is what? Submersed in water. It is emerged. It, it, it's, it's, it is surrounded. It is baptized in water. And then what do we have? We have an emergence. We have a, a, a you know, where coming up out of the water is this boat, this vessel that demonstrates a new life, a new beginning, just as we read in Romans 6, 4. Peter is actually the one that, that explains this to us. Peter is the one that tells us that Noah's flood is actually a type of baptism. Listen to it. It's 1 Peter chapter 3. Here's what he says. 
who formerly were disobedient when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared in which a few, that is eight souls, were saved through water. There is also an antitype which now saves us. Baptism. Not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Peter was the one that recognized it. Peter was the one that was going, do you realize that Noah's ark was a picture of the gospel? That it was death, a burial, an immersion in water, and a resurrection? That it was a picture of that? Peter pointed that out to us. He explains it. He even says that baptism is the antitype. It's the fulfillment of that. He explains baptism. Now, to be clear, he does say this. Baptism does not save us, but it points us to the redemption of Christ. So what do we do with all of that? As Christians, we might be tempted to think, well, I accepted the invitation uh, to redemption through Christ. I've walked through that door. I've also followed him in obedience through baptism. I'm done, right? I mean, that's it, right? That's all I need to do. Well, not quite. I want us to look again. Genesis 8, verse 16 and 17. Go out of the ark. So you have death, burial, resurrection. Go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing of all flesh that is with you, birds and, and cattle and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, so that they may abound on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. Did you notice that he gave the same command that he gave to Adam and Eve? He now gives it to Noah and his family. Be fruitful and multiply. It's been God's command from the very beginning. I got cracked up when you know people were, I, I, wrote, I saw a couple of posts this week, some, some uh, video reels along the idea of, well, we really don't know how how long Adam and Eve were on the earth. They could have been on the earth for millions of years before they even had their first child. You're going to tell me that millions of years went by before they were obedient to God's first command? God's first command was be fruitful and multiply. Millions of years did not go. They didn't live millions of years before they decided, hey, I think we probably should listen to what God said and start, start being fruitful and multiply. Now, I think they, they, they knew to be obedient right away. But God gave that same command to Adam and Eve. He then now gives that same command to Noah and his family. And guess what? That's the same command of the Great Commission. That's our command. Hey, the gospel message is to do what? You know, it, is to understand the fall, is creation, the fall, redemption, restoration, to proclaim that, to make disciples to be fruitful and multiply, to be fruitful and multiply on the earth. It's the same command that he has given Adam and Eve, Noah, and he has now given it to us. He has commanded us to be fruitful and multiply. We're supposed to abound upon the earth. Remember Romans 6, 4? Romans 6, 4 says, Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So when you've been redeemed, you can't live the same life that you once lived. We've been called to walk in newness of life. 
You can't walk in newness of life until you die to your old self and bury it. And we see the grace of God when we realize that God has had a plan from the very beginning. He didn't just one day go, oh, I, I don't know what to do. I, I, need to, I need to figure out mankind has become so rebellious. What do I do now? He's always had a plan. He's always had a plan. And he invites us to come into, through Christ, and to come to him. And our lives are then transformed into the image of Christ. So when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel like the, the, the flood just does not stop, and you feel like all I've got is this paper cup, and I'm trying to bail the water, I'm trying to, I'm trying to stop this, this deluge, and it's overwhelming, I want you to know when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel like the world is against you, when you feel like you're drowning in that flood, the flood of desperation, remember that the same gospel that is sufficient for your eternal salvation is sufficient to bring you through the flood and that that flood may have less to do with you and more to do with those that are on the outside. But he is going to see you through it. So Jesus is our refuge. And that leads me to one last thought. The gospel of Jesus is God's plan to help us through floods. We find protection through him. And the message of the Great Commission is the gospel of Jesus.